This is Laree Daniel Favors, and welcome to The Hub. Education for Liberation is one of my favorite segments because it's a, an opportunity for us to break down things we need to know about how we learn, about where we're learning, about the stressors on our capacity to learn, about the politicization of what's happening in the classroom. And it's also an opportunity for us to introduce to you all some guests who really can help us to flesh out much of all of that discussion. Uh, joining me right now is Dr. Misha Mosley. as uh, She is someone who has dedicated her career to helping students reach their full creative and academic potential. Uh, She's a teacher, analyst, and a product of public education and designs custom reform strategies that help educators and administrators increase equity while maximizing school performance. I think this is something that all of us uh, can be interested in and should be interested in. She's someone who's an expert on leadership, cultural competence, and what I'm excited about today, database inquiry and school design, because a lot of us are having questions. How do we take what's happening in education and reformulate it? How do we protect black children? What is the value of a black teacher? All of these are questions that our guest has thought about and talked about uh, in extensive ways. Dr. Mosley, it's a real pleasure to have you here. Thank you for being with us today. And it's so wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. When I saw the name of your organization, the Black Teacher Project, I was like, yes, this is this is something we need to talk more about. Uh, and, and I'm sure I don't know if you've, if you've listened to the show before, but every so often we have folks in the audience who think, well, you guys are just talking about that black stuff because you're racist. You just want to have a black conversation and it's not fair to the rest of us. And I, it's, I say, well, that's, you know, slow down, slow down. Talk to us about the value that black teachers in particular bring to the classroom in mm -hmm. ways that might some might say are unique to them? Well, first we have to start. Now, I, I started my career as a high school social studies teacher. So my heart is in history. Mm -hmm. And we are one of the most ahistorical countries in the world. So yes. start with the history. Let's let's go there, right? Let's understand Black people in this country, how we got here, what we've contributed to this thing we call the United States today. So given that we built this place mm. in a system that was designed to destroy us, when we think about black teachers, the fact that we have survived this inequitable system that was never, you know, education is not constructed for liberation as I know you know. Yeah. Um, education is about sorting human beings into owners, managers, and workers. Mm -hmm. And so anyone who's able to sort of navigate it and shift from being a worker or a manager to a quote unquote higher station, doing something for yourself minimally. But what mm -hmm. black teachers bring is a unique perspective on what it means to suss out, okay, this ain't for me, but let me go ahead and master it. Let me get these pieces of paper, which black teachers need to do to get in the classroom, some okay. in some form or fashion, and then decide to give back to shape minds. Often people think about black teachers specifically and strictly for black students, and black students need black teachers. Let's be very clear about that. Mm. Our babies need to see us um, teaching them but yeah. the unique value, and we, our motto is that every child deserves a black teacher, is for non-black students. And I, I don't mean just white folks, because when I say non-black people, just when you center blackness, people get confused. I'm talking Latino, I'm talking mm. Asian, I'm talking Native, I'm talking like everybody who ain't black. All those folks need to see people in an, a, a position of authority, helping them learn, helping them tap into their humanity. Because mm. right now we're leaving it up strictly to media 
for some folks, they're not around black people. Right. And those images are limited. And even if you are around black people, it's often in a servant role. And there's nothing wrong with the janitor who is the homie at school, who we know that the janitors and often the secretaries are the folks who are keeping those schools together. That's but right. to have a teacher who's in charge of your grade, tell you, help you become a better you, that's something that, that every child deserves and needs. And that value of being able to point out, hey, you can make it in this system, but also we need to change it. So I'm here to help you learn so that you can transform. One of the things that you say on your website, blackteacherproject.org, and I love this, in your vision section, uh, you say that black teachers are essential, as you've just said. You say the purpose and vision of the Black Teacher Project is rooted in research, 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 research that shows <laughs> black teachers have higher expectations for black children and students who thereby perform better. A research that shows all children, so that's children from all groups, uh, prefer black and Hispanic mm -hmm. teachers and non-black students benefit from having black teachers uh, by having a role model across racial differences, which you just explained. And then I, what I also love about this is that you hyperlink to the research. And one of the articles that you talk about when it comes to higher expectations is that black teachers set a higher standard for black children. They believe in black children in a different way. And black children, like all children, will rise to the level of expectations that is set for them. Uh, give us some more insight into how it is that having a black educator in your classroom can make such a difference. I, I've seen reports that talk about the fact that having a black teacher before you get out of elementary school increases your likelihood of going mm -hmm. to college. Uh, there are a number of benefits. Yeah. Give us some insight into the, the just by being mm -hmm. in that space and being effective at their job. How is it that black teachers right. are also benefiting students in the classroom and and the broader school community well let's first why are black why are black people teaching in 2023 because it ain't for the money mm. right so if you are a black person who gets a college degree often we are first generation college graduates maybe second right. but there is often an expectation that you are going to get some coin you're going to figure something out to do where you're going to bring a little something back to the family mm. so for a lot of folks who go into teaching this is mission driven this is actually not about status. It's not about money. It is about influencing the next generation. So the relational aspect of teaching is often paramount. Now for some black teachers, it's also a love of content. Like I said, I love history. I want people to know all, like all perspectives on history. And what we see is that those, what we call warm demanders. So that there's research around black teachers um, having those warm relationships but having that, that demanding presence, that that warm demander style is exactly what many young people need. It's the same way when, when young wow. people push boundaries, but they need adults to set it, right? Yeah. They're, they're gonna get at you, especially in those adolescent years. That's right. But it's those parents who let them just wild out and do whatever that we got problems. But the ones who are lovingly able to set boundaries, lovingly able to say, I see something greater for you than you see in yourself. Yeah. That's what black teachers bring. I'll also say in 2023, what we've called the banking model of education, where the teacher is the center for knowledge transmission, and it goes from the teacher to the student. We've had decades of trying to unravel that and destroy that. But in 2023, we got this little thing going on called the internet. And so there's no human being, black, white, brown, that's going to know more information than these machines. So our, our charge with young people is less about transmitting information and more about cultivating humanity through mm. the process of an exchange of information. Mm. 
I've I've seen in writings, I think it was Paulo Freire really compares the banking model uh, with, I think he calls it the problem solving model. So the banking model, as you said, mm-hmm. it's that we are the bank, we the teachers, and we you are you are the account and we are pouring information into your empty head. And you take that information, you master that information and ding, you are successful. Whereas the problem solving mm-hmm. method and other methods would say, well, number one, what information are you bringing into the classroom that we can build upon, right? So we're not presuming you have a blank slate, but what in addition to asking what information are you bringing into the classroom, how does the information I'm sharing with you in this teacher-student relationship, how does it allow you to solve the problems in your community? This is one of the reasons why I keep saying if all we care about is whether or not our kids can get good grades, present well enough to predominantly white teachers so that they can be considered a good one, and then get a recommendation letter to college and then get a good job, making good money, working for white people, solving white people problems, where the hell does that leave us? Sorry, I shouldn't be. I'm a little frustrated. I'm still a little emotionally no, I mean, <laughs> no, because if, if that's Tell the it. case, you're bragging about being an engineer, having an engineering degree, having an architect's degree, and your parents' house is falling down. The, the people in your community who loved you and raised you up as a part of that community don't have streets without potholes. And so what good is it? They got medical issues. Here you are, a big, bad doctor, and you can't address the health issues in your own community. What good is education if it's not going to solve the problems of the people from that form the community from which you come? Now, that may just be me. Let me know if I'm, if I'm demanding too much, but what does the Black Teacher Project feel about the difference between a problem-solving approach, and you've already shared the banking approach, but mm-hmm. what is it that you feel about right. that form of looking at how education can be structured so that our people actually get a benefit? Well, I mean, it starts with our frame and most of our work. So most of our work is focused on professional development by Black teachers for Black teachers. Yes. So we believe in racial affinity as, a, as an essential part of racial justice of the transformation mm-hmm. that we need in this country. And so what first do you mean and by foremost, that? When you it's say funny, racial I was just, affinity. What mm-hmm. you, can you tease that out for folks? Oh who yeah. Sorry. Let me, what do you mean? Yeah. By let that? me back. You know, you know, when you're in the sauce all day, you're just like, you Listen. know, and I was like, okay, let me break it down. <laughs> I feel like you so, and I would have a good zoom conversation, just like a one-on-one. I feel like we'd have good, we'd have good tea, good teacher tea, educator so tea. We'll, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> excuse me. Exactly. So when we think about affinity, it's about likeness, right? Mm. Um, and Greg Peters, who uh, wrote a book, uh, wrote a book, wrote an article some years ago about uh, transformation. He talked about the three A's of transformation and that you have to do your own work. In other words, you've got to really, in order to make meaning of what's happening in the world, you do it in three ways. But he Mm -hmm. talks about the first A as alone. Now we often talk about that. Are you doing your reading? Are you, I think everyone, needs to do some spiritual work. So are you doing your spiritual work? Whatever it is, are you doing something at the individual level? Mm. Affinity is, are you doing, excuse me, and learning and making meaning with people who are like you? So that may be racially like you. That may be age. School is already designed in affinity. We call them Mm. grade levels. We call them departments, right? Right. So people don't get funny style when you talk about fifth grade affinity because nobody puts the word affinity next to it. We just call it fifth grade. But who's in fifth grade? People who are about the same age. So somehow we decide because you're about the same age, you belong in about this level of learning. That is affinity, right? Mm. The third A is what we call an alliance across difference. Now, some people might call that integration. We're coming up on 70 years of Brown versus the Board of Ed. But that that across difference is what we skip to, but we don't have any alliance part. We're Mm. not clear on what we're allied, right? So... 
what we do is we try to go across difference. People have not done their alone work. They're just out here not knowing who they are. Right. Black people don't know our own history. We, we think we all we do is invent and escape slavery, right? <laughs> people don't have a chance to be in affinity, actually making meaning of injustice and their role in it. People are in affinity by default because we're still segregated in this society. So segregation mm-hmm. and affinity are different. Affinity is, a, is an intentional coming together of people who have something in common, which is very different than a default separation due to capitalism, patriarchy, name the isms, mm-hmm. right? So when we have that coming together and alliance across difference, when you're working and it's not, you finish, it's all simultaneous. But when you're doing your alone work, when you're engaged in your affinity work, it allows you to come together in a different way. So I was just talking to some teachers yesterday about this very thing, like what what is ours to do for our community? And often black teachers are so frustrated by the systemic oppression that they're sitting in, right. it becomes what that superintendent and what that principal needs to do. And I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. There are some well-meaning white folks who have done some good things for us and that is lovely. But, but that is never only what's happening. There are always black people working on behalf of other black people. So at the Black Teacher Project, that is at the center of our work. How do we do for ourselves? It's not that we're not in community with folks of other races, but our primary focus is making sure our teachers understand you're not just here to be successful in an inequitable system. That Mm -hmm. just breeds more inequity. You're here to actually affect change in that system and you don't have to leave the classroom to do that. Everyone thinks I'm gonna start out as a teacher and then eventually I'm gonna be superintendent and that's where the real change is. You with those babies every day. Mm. That's the change that you can create. Mm. 866-801-8255, 866-801-TALK. I know a lot of our teachers are currently in a classroom, uh, but for those of you who are able, how does this land for you? Are you in affinity spaces? Are you in groups that are allowing you to do this work collaboratively? Have you? Are you doing the alone work? Uh, Dr. Mosley, you know, one of the things that uh, is really clear for me is that there are a number of people out there who can articulate the problem. A lot of folks know that, well, this happened and then this happened and then they fired the black teachers, they fired the black superintendents, then mm-hmm. integration came and then they shut down our schools. And it, I mean, we, we kind of know that some of us, I should say, not not nearly enough of us, mm-hmm. but a lot of educators are, are right. heavily some sort of surface level knowledge about that. But you took that knowledge and then you took it a, a step further to organize around it. And one of the reasons how people go from knowing a thing to organizing around a thing is so interesting to me, regardless of the topic, is that I want more of us to do that. I want more of us to replicate the mm-hmm. organized around the, the sources of knowledge that we have. How did the Black Teacher Project get started? I mean, it's one thing to have access to this information. Mm-hmm. I know a whole lot of teachers that got access to the information, but haven't actually organized in meaningful ways around it. What's the origin story for your project? So I knew I wanted to teach since I was 15. Uh, mm-hmm. And I studied education in undergrad and uh, came out from Brooklyn, you know, from the East Coast right. uh, to the West Coast to teach. Say again. I said, all right, as soon as you had me at Brooklyn, but yes. (laughs) Well, I have to say Brooklyn, whenever I have an opportunity to speak, I'm like, what's up, Brooklyn? You know, where where we at? That's why they call it the planet. (laughs) Um, So, uh, but coming out to the West Coast uh, to teach, I, I, first of all, Blackness is way different out here. It's way different. Um, As it is in the South, as it is in the Midwest. Hell, and it is like, we talk about the, the global diaspora, but the like national diaspora, I'm like, oh, okay, this, this is different, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, I found myself after a few years having really strong relationships with, with um, young folks 
but not really being able to tap into the academic success I wanted for them because I, I came into the field so young and new. Mm. Um, so as I ended up leaving the classroom, going to graduate school, finding myself working in professional development, I came into contact with one of my former students who had not been successful academically, but, but emotionally and socially, she knew that I loved her. She knew that I cared for her, mm. that I was there for her. Yeah. Turns out she jumps through all the hoops, has her own experience and becomes a teacher in the neighborhood that she grew up in, Bayview Hunters wow. Point, which is one of the last black neighborhoods in San Francisco. I interact with her as I'm leading a professional development session. And she talks to me about feeling like she's getting pushed out of the classroom, that she doesn't belong and she thinks she might switch careers. Hold on. Wow. What we not going to do is have what happened to me happen to her. Mm. And so that was the moment that I knew I needed to take the years that I had had helping teachers broadly across race and focus because there was something in her. I said, well, you got C's and D's in my class and here you are teaching. You got a story. You have a way to see those students who might be academically struggling. Right. That you, you know a little something about what to do. Right. So from there, I just listened to teachers. So here's what I would say in terms of people organizing, whatever you're organizing, listen to the people who you think you want to help. Mm-hmm. even if you consider yourself one of them. Because when we get something in our mind about how it should be, and then we try to put it on other people, that's not organizing. Right. Right. You've right. got to listen. One of, the, one, of the, one of my mentors taught me an invaluable lesson that you need to be accountable to your base. When we get into nonprofits, we get accountable to funders. Ooh. We are accountable at the Black Teacher Project. We are accountable to Black teachers. So when black teachers have our name in their mouth, we're always checking. Are we doing what you want? Are we helping? Now we can't help you with everything, but are we pointing you in the right direction? Right. Because Mm. these funders aren't running stuff. I used to have 17 jobs to pay for like carrots and hummus for our meetings. Right. (laughs) So now it's it's cute. Now we got catering, you know, we can, we can rent out a little hotel room to do stuff. I got no problem finding some free space and getting some Costco cookies. Please trust and believe, right? Mm. And I want more for our teachers, why, which is why we're structured this way. But our ancestors taught me, you don't let capitalism dictate the work that you do. Wait, I need so that to say, hold on, 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 hold on. I need you, I, I, I just need you to utter those words one more time. Our ancestors said what? You cannot let ca- capitalism dictate what you do. Mm. Do not get caught up in this nonprofit industrial complex such that you are so busy trying to hold on to the entity that you forget Mm. the purpose and intention. Oh my God. The purpose and intention must be the driver. Right. This is just a form. This is just something that allows us to reach more folks. And so I'm not, you know, Hey funders (laughs) hear me. Right. Like I'm not saying we don't want your support, but what's not going to happen is us twisting and turning to do for them anything that is not what our teachers need us to do. Mm, That's important because what we have seen throughout the history of since Brown v. Board of Education, we've centered everybody, but the black community's education needs. We've centered everybody, but the black educators needs. And that's one of the reasons why this project matters so much. So, so if I'm a black teacher listening right now, probably with an AirPod in one Mm -hmm. ear, which I ain't supposed to have, I'm supposed to be present in the classroom, but that's all right. We ain't gonna tell nobody. If I'm a black teacher and I want to participate in the work and the offerings that you provide, what's the best way for me to do that? Is this something that's limited to the West coast that we have to now replicate? Okay, bring over back to Brooklyn uh, and everywhere in between, or is it something that I'm able to participate in in other ways? Give, give us that tea. 
Yeah, well, the first thing is to go to our website and sign up for our mailing list because that's when you're going to find out about the events. Um, you know, we put we put out newsletters every month telling you what's going on. Um, since the pandemic, a, a large majority of our offerings have been virtual mm-hmm. because it's we were virtual during the pandemic. And there are teachers who are so isolated. Yeah. You know, I met a teacher in Vermont. She's the only black teacher for miles. Right. Jesus. Um, we just came back. And it's like, people don't think we have black teachers in Idaho or Montana. They are there. They're just the only ones, right? Mm. Um, our black teachers in Atlanta, there are a lot of black teachers in Atlanta, but the the racism that's happening in Georgia is a particular kind of thing and Florida. Mm. So just because we got numbers doesn't mean that we actually are able to organize in the ways that we need to. That's right. So Shout we just finished a wellness Africa. retreat in Atlanta last month um, and had teachers come from New York, come from all over to participate in that. Mm. Um, so signing up for our mailing list, we have virtual offerings. Um, we've got uh, um, our next, our big in-person event at the end of this year in June is here on the West Coast and registration for that is is open. Um, that's probably our most well-known and where teachers come from all over the country. We try to make it toward the end of the year so more folks have access to it. But we have events throughout the year in different parts. We just had something in Madison, Wisconsin last month. So really getting on our mailing list, um, we've got, 12 teachers on our advisory board who are teachers from across the country who host events um, as well as our staff hosting events. So we're really trying to make this accessible for folks, but trust Mm -hmm. and believe we're focused on your wellness and your leadership. We want to help you be well so that you can lead this change. Mm -hmm. Right. So we always want to be clear about that because we're going to push people. (laughs) We're going to push it. Can't just be in it. We got to transform it. What are your thoughts on something that I'm seeing more of, which are the the micro schools where teachers are leaving mm-hmm. uh, sort of classrooms in established, I'm putting that in air quotes, schools, and are instead forming micro schools, particularly for families who are seeking more of a homeschool situation, but they themselves can't. Like, I would love to have a homeschool situation. I just can't be at home to do the teaching. Mm-hmm. So, like, <laughs> but, like what, <laughs> but we've seen a number of examples of this. We, we've highlighted some throughout this year. What are your thoughts on that movement as an extension of, of mm-hmm. teachers connecting even further with community? I think it's great. You know, I think micro schools, home schools, you know, before racist capitalists took over charter schools, mm. they were fantastic. So understand wow. that whether you're talking about homeschooling or charter schools, these are always meant to be opportunities for young people to learn outside of this inequitable system. We know our quote unquote main education system is not designed for young people to learn or to be liberated. So when you have these opportunities that are outside of that, we can learn from it. Now I grew I'm I'm 50 years old. I didn't grow up with like group work being core and central as a normal, like in some of my classes, but as businesses needed people to work well together, now group work is a thing. Right. right. So what drives how we learn, how we teach? So these innovations, these schools without walls, let's take young people like out into the world. When you go to private school, you've been out in the world. That's right. But public school has That's you right. in in these prison lines. Right. So just this notion of these micro schools really being able to open our eyes as to different ways of teaching and learning is fantastic. With this caveat. There are people who are still interested in ego mm. in running stuff in Uh-oh. seeming the best, but not doing the best. Yeah. Right. And so I just want to encourage folks at, at any point where you're, when you're, 
I mean, and this goes for like mainstream schools or micro schools or homeschools, is to do your research. And the, and the most important teacher in a child's life are their caregivers. That's right. The people who like when they get home, when you're not in that formal setting, are you backing up? I tell all my friends, I'm like, you need to go to Target, go to what? Well, I don't want to name names. Go to your local drug, go to Dollar Tree, Dollar General, <laughs> wherever you're going to go and get those workbooks and help young people, especially the little ones, get into the habit of practicing learning mm. outside of a school environment so that yes. you're not beholden only to that structure. That supports the teachers and that more importantly supports the students. So I think micro schools can be great. I've also seen that structure misused in the name mm. of folks claiming that they're trying to do more, but really they're, they're doing some ego work. Mm. And I think I appreciate you naming that because we want to have, I believe in metrics. One of the things I appreciated about your bio is that you focus on data driven results. And just because, you know, we, we got the, the right colors on the wall, you know what colors I'm talking about, three of them in particular, is because we can sing some of the songs and we know some Swahili words. Um, sometimes that okay. might be, all, and it feels really good, but we want to make sure that the academic sustainability is also there. One of the schools that we've highlighted on this mm-hmm. show is the Quilombo uh, education uh, program that is taking place in Atlanta, Georgia, doing phenomenal work, doing some amazing things. They've got the colors on the wall, they sing the songs, and they got the academics to prove it and the, the track record to prove mm-hmm. it. So, guys, it's not just about, you know, being in a space that's comfortable, although we do want our children to be more comfortable and not have to deal with racist oppression explicitly or, or, or otherwise in the classroom, but we also want to make sure that as we navigate towards other alternatives that we are also seeking out um, that they have receipts. And, and again, that's one of the reasons why the work that you all are doing at the Black Teacher Project, which is data-driven, is so very important. Because unfortunately, as you said, there, there can be some charlatans out there who are more interested in in the, the fame and fortune that can come from being the, mm-hmm. the hero in an education story, even if it's not a whole lot of fame. Because as you said, ain't nobody going into teaching for, for the dollars. <laughs> uh, but you you'd mentioned something so earlier about the nonprofit industrial complex. And I, I do, as I look on your page... At the black at blackteacherproject.org, there is a donation button. Are you all a 501c3 organization? We are part of the National Equity Project, which is so that any donation Excellent. is tax deductible for sure. Excellent. Okay. Um, and yes, yeah, so thank you for asking that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I always ask because the reality is sometimes we're, we're not good at saying we're doing we, we are very good at saying what we do, but we're often not as great at saying. Mm-hmm. And here's how you can support us financially. I'm learning that in my own space yeah. uh, as a nonprofit leader. Like I'm really good at advocating, but I'm not so great at asking people to support right. me financially. So I'm working on that. I'm actively engaging in that. So Thank me you. helping you is Thank really you about also me helping me. Yeah, I got a model. I got a model for you. So I can model it for myself. Uh, so I want people to visit blackteacherproject.org. Uh, this is something that I'm excited about because the these are the types of institutions, and I'm using that word intentionally, that are so very important because, as you said, we are about 70 years now, uh, 2024, from 1954, 2024, where we're celebrating multiple decades of post-Brown versus Board of Education. And I'm a little, um, I'm not quite a cheerleader for Brown versus Board of Education. I get it. I understand it. But, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. I just got to be, you know, I, I don't hide the ball. I, I try to be very honest with my audience. I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of it. I think it unfortunately led to the destruction of a lot of educational expertise that we had in our community that we no longer got the ability to benefit from. And we then wholesale gave our children over to institutions that I often make this analogy. It would be like the Jewish community trying to have the Nazis educate their children in the 1940s. Like you, there, there are reasons why they don't want Nazis educating their children. And the history of this country is such that uh, I get Brown versus Board mm-hmm. of Education 
education, but uh, I don't get Brown versus Board of Education. But I think as we're approaching this anniversary, it's so important that organizations like yours exist so that we have another alternative. Uh, any final comments for the audience? Ways that you think teachers can get a source of inspiration? We're going into December. or We're in December. I know a lot of y'all are holding on for the next couple of days until your December <laughs> break. And then it's going to start all over again. Hopefully you get a spring break or a couple of breaks in the spring. But we know the spring semester can be particularly daunting for people who are already struggling. Any words of encouragement for our educators out there? Definitely. First and foremost, get your wellness practice. Use this time of break to, to, if you don't have one, to establish one. And that's not about your individual, I'm going to work out and drink my water and, you know, meditate. Like All of those things are wonderful. And we talk about self and community care. Mm-hmm. Find folks who can be in your network. And when we think about a network, we think about a net that works. We mm-hmm. have to stay connected. And so too often we're trying to do stuff on our own. We're trying to be those heroes, right? And we need to actually host our collective wellness. Through that wellness, you'll be able to make moves. When you're down, someone else will be up. When you're up, you can hold somebody up. And so we are, we come from people who are rooted in village. So mm. find your village. And your village is not just your teachers who you can key key with and go to happy hour and vent. Your village are the people who are going to lift you up. We're going to check out this article. It's going to take you about two minutes to read or listen to this podcast right. while you're on the way to work because it helped me, right? right? So we start from that place of being well and it's an inside out job because your young people will see it, teaching them mm. that that's important and making sure that as we move into this election year in particular, yes. that you understand the governance structures wherever you are. That's right. Whatever school you're in, what's the governance structure? You have a professional development budget. They may not tell you it, but everybody has a professional development budget. It might be spread out across teachers. The, the veteran teachers might get a little change here and there. Ask about it. Mm. And if it's, you know, for us, we, we do our best to pay black teachers for many of the, of the programs that we offer. Oh, no, that's right. um, so yes. that's another reason to, to set, tell people to, to check us out. Um, but the few things that we do charge for, should, we never want people coming out of the pocket. So we're going to like, mm. if you can't, we'll figure out how to get you a scholarship. But use your professional development funds because that's what they're for. It's for wellness and get your coins. I love it. I love it. Dr. Mosley, Dr. Misha Mosley, it's been a real pleasure having you on. Black Teacher Project is the organization, blackteacherproject.org. Extraordinarily important, folks. We, we, a lot of us are doing work in isolation, and I'm not just talking about the one black teacher from Miles in Vermont. A lot of us are surrounded by potential resources and supports, and frankly, it's important that we tap in and institutions like this one. I'm so glad we got a chance to highlight you all today because I need more educators to know about this work um, and to tap in, and that's what education for liberation is all about how can people follow you dr mosley and and how can they follow beyond the website blackteacherproject.org how can they follow the work of your organization on social media definitely if you are on instagram you can check us out at black teacher pro also the same on facebook and on twitter at black teacher project so we're we're super active on instagram and you'll get tons of information not just about us but about our our sister brother cousin family organizations Because Mm -hmm. we don't believe in competition. We believe in collaboration. So there are a bunch of us out here doing good work and we're always tagging each other. So check us out and you might uh, find uh, more resources as well. I appreciate that. Hope we can get you back on the show in 2024. We're going to need more connection with educators. Really appreciate having you here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.
Absolutely. Absolutely. Folks, they are the Black Teacher Project. You need to follow them because they're doing good work. And it's important that we are clear about tapping into institutions so that we can uh, get the benefits that we need. 